The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. I'm not built for jail. I have IBS. Can you imagine shit everywhere? And Michael Lucas. I mean, I won't lie. The ozone rectal therapy didn't sound not fun. This is Emsolation. Scott and I wouldn't even make the airport in Australia without someone filing for an online divorce. (laughs) I'd be surprised if you cracked the end of the driveway. (laughs) You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain, and together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter, Logie, and actor award winner, Mr. Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every week. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, for picking us. I just wanted to say something and keep this intro quite brief because... You know, a lot's been going on, especially in Melbourne over the last week. And Michael and I have made a conscious decision to not have an in-depth discussion around the neo-Nazi protests and the anti-trans protests. I just wanted to simply state that, obviously, trans lives matter. And it's a simple statement, but it's a powerful one. I'm going to make sure Ben includes links in our newsletter this week to give you a multitude of options to support the trans community Obviously, it would have been extremely upsetting and traumatic for anyone as part of the Jewish community or whose family have trauma lines to Nazis in 2023. It's troubling. But again, we're not going to talk about it in depth. And I know perhaps you would have expected us to, but we decided to not give our considerable platform to those people. And we just wanted the simple message that trans lives matter. In the pod, we are discussing Gwyneth Paltrow's recent controversy. She's had another one, gang. There was one particular therapy discussed that Michael and I got really hooked on. (laughs) You'll probably understand why. It's very on brand for us. We talk about a scenario in my household. You know, sometimes I do need to come to you all for advice and to vent. There's something extremely important coming up. I had to send a group text message to my family, slightly threatening, slightly Liam Neeson in Taken-esque, but it was required. I think a lot of you will understand. And we also briefly touch on the upcoming state election in New South Wales, which I really didn't realise was coming. (laughs) I have been better, slowly recovering from the flu. Lots of exciting things coming up. Ruben Kay and I are in discussions about my appearance at one of his Melbourne shows. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to bring the giant wang. Obviously. Do you know the funny thing is if I want to include the wang at the comedy festival, I have to go and get it tested by their electrical crew to make sure it's not going to, like, cause a fire. So I'm literally going to have to stand there in front of whoever's in charge of checking all the voltages of equipment that go on stage as an eight-foot inflatable penis uh, erects itself. So... (laughs) Erects, yeah, that sounds right. Just 
I'll try and secretly film. Just keeping a straight face. What? Nothing to see here. That is the penis that keeps on giving, honestly. And a legitimate tax deduction. Legitimate. Of course, that's where this intro's ended up. Anyway, thanks for being here. We'll chat soon in about 20 seconds after you hear our funky live intro music. Play the aforementioned music. And Michael Lucas. This is Emsolation. Can I just say, I hope you do appreciate that when this came on, I was just the camera light looking directly between your legs. It was so great. All I saw was like a leopard print snatch. It was beautiful. <laughs> and it could not have been better. <laughs> and we're off. Michael Lucas zooming in live this week from where are you? Penang in <sighs> Malaysia. <laughs> where it is illegal for Michael and Adrian to, in fact, be in a relationship. That's true. I have to say, though, person to person, we've we've experienced nothing but warmth from the Malaysian people. I'm very, very happy to say. I mean, particularly because most of them we meet were staying in expensive hotels, so we are giving them money. But uh, luckily, yes, no problems to date. Although it does give you pause to be travelling in a country that you know, is pretty strict Islamic and not, I mean, not as standards go. Obviously, it gets a lot, lot worse than this. Yes, it does. But, yeah. But still. Thankfully, mm. thankfully, touch wood, we're leaving tomorrow and the trip has been nothing but oh God. successful. Oh, God, touch wood. Sorry, ah! I know, famous last word. Sorry, I know. I know those things set you off. <laughs> Mike, can I just say, it never has there been more of a union between M and my mum. My mum mm. was very concerned about us going and was, like, Googling when gay people have been arrested and all that sort of stuff. And the only other person that raised this concern was, in fact, Amelia Rossiano. I demanded we have a lawyer on standby, did I not? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I, I respect say. it. I really do. I was worried it was going to be some kind of flamboyant Midnight Express scenario. I didn't know what was going to happen. I had to be on the ready. I kept my phone on at night time in case I got a midnight call from you saying, God, bitch, they've locked me up. They saw me longingly glancing at my husband on the street. I don't know. So I was mm. concerned for you. But all's well that ends well. <laughs> Hi, gay. Every, every, every time I ring my mum, I have to make sure that my voice is appropriately peppy and happy because if I ring with so much of a hi, she's, she does go straight to, are oh, you in a Malaysian jail? What's happened? Have you been taken? <laughs> she has visions of them, you know, authorities bursting into the hotel, going straight up to the infinity pool and knocking the gin away from us <laughs> and putting this away. Has not happened. <laughs> Hi, gay. <laughs> I have a few irrational fears, like totally irrational fears. One of them is being eaten by a megalodon shark. The other fear is being is being incorrectly accused of drug smuggling in Bali and popped in a jail. 
This is my large fear and one of the main reasons I will probably never go back to Indonesia is because I'm the type of person who would be lobbing around all the bags because I'm the family pack horse and someone might pop some white substance or some marijuana in my bag and then all of a sudden the cops are busting me, I'm put in jail. I'm not built for jail. I have IBS. Can you imagine shit everywhere? I do not. And so I'm, so, I'm genuinely, legitimately scared that I will be framed for drug smuggling in a foreign country and then sentenced to life in jail. I'll have to take a wife. Yeah, look, Adrian has shares that concern, particularly because I do not lock my bag. He's raised strong concerns about this. Are you joking? No. You don't lock your bag? Oh, if I was going to pick anyone to put drugs in, it would be you with your dyed hair and your Hawaiian <laughs> shirts. You're basically a travelling, uh, what's that, what's the show called that we love? Oh, my God, my brain, Matt White. Duh! Matt White, White Lotus? You're, what? you're basically a travelling White Lotus guest. Like, you look like you, <laughs> you've got the wine shirt, the bad hair, the expensive Jerry Seinfeld runners. Like, I would put my illegal drugs in your case like that. Oh, well, I'm st- I've got to fly all the way home, so let's hope there's not an emsolator in Malaysia who's looking to do a quick drug shipment and can <laughs> identify my luggage. <laughs> Can you please run out and buy some cling wrap and quickly do a DIY on the bag? Oh, okay. No, I hate that cling wrap. I just feel like it's so, oh, it's just what a waste of resources. Anyway, I'll be right, he says. Someone, oh, what will be will be. I'll just throw caution to the wind and if I'm an unexpected drug mule, so be it. C'est la vie. (laughs) Can I just say that Em and I are going to be travelling later this year, so just wait. Just wait. I... There's a lot we're going to discover about each other. We have travelled before. No, we have. We have. I'm a nervous traveller. I won't shock anyone. In fact, uh, Channel 10 asked me to do The Amazing Race with my husband a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I really would have watched. <laughs> I think that would be... I reckon whoever... Full credit to whoever suggested that. They know how to put together reality television. No, it was Stephen Tate, the man who literally cast me on Australian Idol. And every year he sends me a text message. It's a tradition. He sends me a text. M, what about the jungle this year? And I'm every year I'm like, no, mate, I'm not shitting on national television. Uh, people don't need to see me angry and hungry. This year he texts me, it's not the jungle. What about the amazing race with Scott? And I just, I laughed. We, Scott and I wouldn't even make the airport in Australia without someone <laughs> filing for an online divorce. <laughs> I'd, I'd go further. I'd, I'd be surprised if you cracked the end of the driveway. <laughs> But did you put it to Scott? Nah. I feel like he would have been more up to to it. Absolutely not. I can't even get the numbers of my own phone number right. I turn up late to a podcast I set down the time for each week. I I had our whole family stranded in Italy because I missed the flight by an entire 48 hours. I should not be allowed (laughs) anywhere where it is dependent on me to follow directions and be on time for things and remember a passport. (laughs) Absolutely not. But... Speaking of, I, my family and divorce pending, I don't know, I agreed to my house being shot for an interior feature article Mm. and... I don't know. I must have been on my second coffee or I must have hit my head when I agreed to this. But it, the people doing it, they're my favourite lifestyle brand. Like when it's all revealed, it'll be revealed. But I really love the things that they make. And so when they asked me, mm-hmm. I was super flattered because they're going to give me all the stuff they stole my house with. And I was like, oh. So like you don't get paid. Do they, so hang on. They're styling your yeah. house for you and then shooting it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But will they pretend as though it's just this is just your house as it is or are they open about what they've put in? Oh, no. Like, I mean, a lot of their stuff is already in my house and so they style it with their new things that are coming out that, let's be honest, I probably would have bought anyway. And then they – because my house is a great kind of – shell but all my stuff's still in there like all my artwork and my knickknacks and my rugs just basically their stuff is complementary to my stuff and mm. I agreed to this interior shoot and it's not something you get paid for you just like you get I, I get their stuff which is amazing but also I love interiors and my house is something that I have spent so much time on and I'm always tinkering and it's my workshop but I don't ever invite anyone over because I generally hate people so it's only my <laughs> family and you that ever really get to witness my interior design skill. And I would say even with me, and I'm, I'm, my personal brand is low effort <laughs> when it comes to styling. I think we've really well established wow. that. If M should feel very comfortable with someone, anyone in this universe coming over, it's me. And not just because we're so close, but because the bar <laughs> is staggeringly low with me. And yet I'm aware of how much sort of psychic thought preparation and anxiety goes into the reveal yeah. of the house. Yeah. Like always I knock on the door, there's a suspiciously long wait before someone answers, <laughs> and then there's, there is this sort of slightly too forced casual, hi, and you come in <laughs> and it's amazing. There's incense burning, everything. Like the cushions are just so... <laughs> this is because I grew up with a working mother, a boomer, who would frantically wake up and I'd wake up Saturday mornings to just vacuum head hitting the corner of my door because there'd be guests coming <laughs> over and, like, we'd all be held to ransom the entire day of the Saturday morning rage clean of the working mother, of the full-time working mother. The house has gone to shit because we've done nothing all week <laughs> and that has been ingrained in my psyche. And so now it's like if anyone comes home and I'm holding a vacuum, the first question my children ask is, who's coming over? <laughs> Like what's going on? So you can imagine. Now I have had I have had a six month run up to this week. I've known it's coming, but because I am ADHD and because I have been super busy, super sick, I've left it till the final forty eight hours. I am in my own episode of nineteen ninety six's Smash Hit Juggernaut Changing Rooms, starring Susie Wilkes, half up, half down hair. <laughs> Like, I'm against the clock. I'm running in and out of rooms, yelling at people. I stained the deck. I painted the steps. I was up on the roof. Like, I have been running around like Shelly Craft on crack. It has been insane. And I had to send a text message to my family today. I'm going to read you verbatim what I sent. <laughs> okay. This Thursday, insert brand, are coming to our house to shoot it for their website and newsletter. This is very important to me and I want the house to look its absolute best. This is in the family group chat. <laughs> Over the next two days, you are all, capital letters, to assist with this. Don't walk past mess. Don't make mess. Vacuum, dust, wash, put things away. I am directly telling you all that this, capital letters, is very important to me. It cannot be misunderstood or ignored. Please pitch in when and where you can. Scott, you need to tidy up the front yard, get your stuff upstairs, away, and your side of the wardrobe is a fucking pizza. Thank you in advance, Mum. So, 
I'm quite scared for your family for what may transpire over the next 48 hours. And I also feel like if your life was a sitcom, this would be a premise of a really good episode. Oh, this would be the setup. Do you know what? My children constantly accuse Scott and I of being Claire and Phil Dumphy from Modern Family. Like our dynamic. But I would, <laughs> I would argue I'm a little bit of Gloria, a little bit of Cam and a little bit of Claire, not all Claire. But, yes, yeah. it is definitely the premise for this to happen. But I think we're going to get there. But the messiest room in the house is mine. This is the problem. So I want to do it all. I want everyone to do it my way and then I, and then I end up taking it all over. And this is my toxic trait, right? Here's my toxic trait. I want everything done a certain way, I take it all over and then I get annoyed when no one does anything. (laughs) I think I've borne witness to that cycle (laughs) playing out. Often this is the milieu that you enter when you come into the Russian and Barrett household. This is the the dynamic. Ah, here, Mm. let me do it. Why aren't you helping? That's basically it in a nutshell. It, it only really gets double toxic is when you can start to you start to thrive off the frustration that comes from it. I don't think you're there. No. I think it, I think you I think you're in the much better place of the evil cycle does actually hurt you. Anyway, I will let you know how it all goes and when the pictures are out, you'll all be able to see it because this is the first time ever. I have let this happen. My home, everyone gets little glimpses. Oh, it's spectacular. And her house is spectacular. It's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, I'm, I'm a tourist at the moment. And, you know, oftentimes when you're in a foreign city, you go to some fancy schmancy house where some historical figure lived and you get a tour. And I think a tour of M's house would be better. And also, let's not misunderstand, it's not like a posh display home full of expensive antiques situation. It's more like a wacky curated... Comic-Con, like, Dollywood, yes. like, Albert Elvis Graceland scenario. Like, it's not... Yeah, I don't want mm. people to think I live in this expensive, well-to-do. It's more like this, I don't know, crafty, Hogwarts, camp, Liberace, soft... I, I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> My mother in... in um in her in a in a chipper voice describes it as bright and eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my gays who was one of my friend of mine who grew up with, he's extremely he's black and white modern. He says eclectic. You've got a very yeah. eclectic taste, Emmy. <laughs> yeah, you do. I love it. Thank you. If only I had some modicum of energy to do something similar for myself. I don't, but I can just visit yours occasionally as long as I give you four days' notice. You have had the same fucking throw pillows I for know. a decade. Which, by the way, Em helped me choose. A decade and not even... More. 13 a- years ago. And may I ask, how many times have those coverlets been removed from the inserts and washed in 13 years? Of the cushions on the couch? I don't... Let's not talk about that. (gasps) Some of them have been replaced. (laughs) Oh, my God! (laughs) I'm sorry. That is disgusting. All right. I'll tell you who wouldn't approve of that. Uh, What a segue. Gwyneth Paltrow. Beautiful. Yes. Gwenny has been in the news, well, for the last few days. If you are listening right now, hear my voice. Do not get any health and or well-being advice from celebrities, from TikTok, from Facebook, from anything online, not even WebMD. 
go to your fucking GP and ask the questions. Do your own research. Nobody, disclaimer, should be watching Gwyneth Paltrow talk about what she eats or doesn't eat during the day and think, oh, maybe I need to do that and I'll look like Gwyneth. No, sir. No, ma'am. No non-binary power. You will not. That will not give you Gwyneth's <laughs> situation. Anyway, I... this particular flare-up for her has been around her appearance on a podcast called The Art of Being Well, starring Dr. Will Cole. I don't understand why he's not the one being held up as an example. I don't understand why this man, he is, I can understand the draw card to him. How do I explain him to you? Imagine if Adam Levine were 10 years younger and super into spirituality and wellness. Oh, you've painted a vivid picture and I hate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You've got it, right? And this is no disrespect to him. He seems to come from a good place, but he's so earnest it comes across as disingenuous. I love it that you've essentially said, he's awful, no disrespect to him. <laughs> no, I think, in fact, you do lack respect for him. No, but maybe it's well-placed. Him as a person I'm sure is well-meaning, but do you know how sometimes, especially in America, when someone becomes extremely like successful within their field, they mm. go to the webinars, the podcasts, the multiple books, the self-help TikToks, you know, they, they go to every single platform right to the end and their message starts to become a bit like toxic wellnessy. Do you know what I'm yes. trying to say? Yes, so yes. I do want to extrapolate the man personally in his ethics and morals from the way in which his brand comes across is what I mean is mm. awful. Mm-hmm. I'm not here attacking people personally. I don't like that. I'm going to play this, the ball, not the man. Anyway, he's her personal physician, right? They obviously have a very tight-knit relationship. And there's so many things that were covered in this podcast. It was 66 minutes. I listened to it all so you don't have to. Well, I mean, I feel like I've thought so much about this, but essentially I've heard literally 20 seconds. I've taken a 20-second grab, as the rest of the world has, and I've made my judgments. (laughs) And that's my issue. This is my whole Mm. issue, okay? This portion, now this is where Gwyneth was talking about her daily wellness kind of rituals and what she does. And she is a multi-millionaire-ess white lady, Nepo baby. Uh, She is doing things that only someone of that status can afford, okay? So first of all, we're, we're all on the back foot. So Gwyneth will, you know, she'll wake up in the morning and <laughs> she will, with her husband, before they have a coffee or anything, they will do some transcendental meditation. Now, Scott and I argue about who's picking up the dog piss. <laughs> they, <laughs> Brad, yeah. oddly enough, another married to a second Brad, her, her mm. current husband, they do that. She likes to fast until midday each morning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then she will have a soup and maybe You're some... forgetting that she'll have something that doesn't spike her blood sugar, like a coffee. Yeah, that's after the transcendental med- meditation. I already said yeah. that. They, they yeah. lead into the coffee with the TM. Then she'll okay, have like right. a broth as well. And then she likes to get into the infrared sauna and dry brush. What is a dry brush? It's just like removing the dead skin cells and encouraging circulation on your body. So it's like a real a coarse brush on a long kind of wooden handle and you just strokes down your skin and it brings the blood, you know, into your into all the areas that it may not, you know, may not be circulating well. It gets rid of dead skin cells. It's just a way of, you know, it's it's encouraging flow throughout the body. Then she does okay. the infrared sauna 
And then... Which she has in her house, we want to add. And if you want to see her house... <laughs> <laughs> she has the Architectural Digest video. It's staggering. It's staggering. We've, I've watched it more than once. Same. She has an entire level of her house that is essentially like a Turkish sorter in which this infrared yeah. situation is... is yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah. And we never see the bedroom, so we hypothesise that she hangs upside down like a bat and sleeps in such a way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then she does an hour of movement... Um, and, you know, she goes Sometimes about her day. Sometimes Tracy Anderson. That's it, exactly. Sometimes yoga. And then she'll have like a paleo dinner, which is heaps of veggies, you know, lots of vegetables, a bit of protein. That's it. Now, a lot of people have come forward and said that's not enough to sustain somebody. You're encouraging diet culture. That's super unhealthy. This is toxic wellness at its worst. La, 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 la. And I don't know. It was only about six seconds, that entire, they barely dwelled on it. It was such a quick moment in time. And in context with the rest of the podcast, I feel like it was the least controversial thing that she said. Like, I just... But can you answer the question, was she speaking about her diet when she's doing a particularly healthy cleanse? Or is this... Because that's what she's come out and clarified. Yeah, that... She sort of said... Yeah, that wasn't immediately obvious, but I do understand that's probably what she meant because he did say, you know, what is your wellness ritual? And Mm. she didn't then clarify that with when I am fasting or when I am detoxing, this is what I do. She just kind of rolled into it like it was a daily thing. So I understand Mm. that it would have been lost in translation. For context, she was hooked up to an IV drip. When she was giving this, this is the stand, first thing. Which sort of led me to jump to the conclusion she's eating so little yeah. that she has to have vitamins that you would normally get from food delivered via IV. Is it more complicated than that? Totally. She has IVs for, like, dehydration. She has IVs for, you know, multivitamin boost. She has IVs for all sorts of... She has lots of different kind of chemicals, not chemicals, but... I don't even know what you call them, nutrients put in that her body doesn't naturally make. Like, for instance, my body doesn't absorb iron from anything, so I'm always anemic. So it would be like me just hooking up to an IV of iron every few months, which I actually need to do. So IV usage privately is huge in America. It is a thing, and it's picking up momentum here. I had it done once when I had super bad gastro and couldn't leave the house, and I had a gig coming up, and another friend, Joel Creasy, of course, said to me, you need... Why don't you, this woman runs a private IV. She'll come to your house. You don't have to leave because I couldn't walk anywhere without like pooing my pants. And it was great. It's expensive and ridiculous and, you know, like whatever. But honestly, I'm not surprised Gwyneth Paltrow is biohacking in this manner. And I also want to point out there are so many men around the world currently biohacking, currently doing all oh, yeah. these weird and wonderful, what, where's the outrage with what they're peddling, psychedelics? Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a bazillion white boy podcasts they're all about and they're hopping in like, hyperbaric know, chambers, sub-zero yep. chambers yep. and all these sort of things. Yeah. So she's definitely you know, she's out there and she's using her money to try and stay healthy and happy and in tune with her body for as long as possible. Do I agree with, you know, the fact that she has such a massive platform and this is problematic for people who do have an unhealthy relationship with their body and food? No. I can see how this would be damaging. But I can also hold in my other hand, I'm not taking advice from Gwyneth. I am mildly amused by her. I enjoy reading her latest finds because sometimes, you know, I get great material out of it. But I think 
the the issue is the fact that there are people who aren't like me who are susceptible to someone like her saying, yeah, if you don't eat till 12 and just like inhale some vapour and hook yourself up to an IV, you too can be Gwyneth Paltrow. There's an issue there. <laughs> there is an issue, but there's also an issue with these suspiciously thin Hollywood types that get asked about and they're like, I eat anything I want. I just, I love Chinese. I love burgers. Yeah. At least she is like honest, wacky, irresponsible. Yes, problematic, sure. But where's the outrage for all the bros doing the biohacking, you know, telling people to not eat food and have come out of satchels and go zero gravity? Like, I just feel like let's make it fair. But, but mm. also, again, <laughs> she's... <laughs> oh, before I get to the thing that I just I couldn't believe hasn't been headlines. So... Oh. First of all, she, there was a really interesting segment around the conscious uncoupling scenario uh. and I've never heard her speak about it so candidly and she spoke about how Chris and her separated a year before the public knew and they stayed living together and she said as she is prone to, she asked around all of her friends who had divorced parents what was the hardest part about it and they said it was the breakdown of the relationship between their parents, not the romantic one, not the fact that they'd split up but how badly they treated each other when they were separating and afterwards. That's what scarred them. So she Mm. and Chris sat down and said, we are going to have a child-centred breakup. Everything we do, every action, every behaviour, is this hurting the children? So they decided to do this thing. And then she said when they finally kind of talked about it openly, she was genuinely shocked at the backlash around it and hurt and they were being mocked and this was a very vulnerable time for her going through this separation and this public divorce with her kids and... And I think she's now gone back and done lots of therapy about it and she's extrapolated the fact that this isn't just how people do it and perhaps some people were projecting that idea of, well, we didn't do it that way, therefore I'm a bad person. How dare you make me feel like a bad person by doing it in this seemingly extremely civil way? And she she says, like, it was really hard and they had to constantly check themselves but the, ultimately they're really proud of it and their kids talk about how different it was compared to their other friends, you know, divorces. So in the end... I'm, to- I'm totally on board with all of that, but I, my, only, my only pushback to that is I remember when that happened and it was more the fact that no, no one had heard the phrase yeah. consciously uncoupled. So they sounded like wankers. I don't know who she their PR that. person was, but why... The, like if they had said we want to do this in a way that, you know, preserves a relationship for the benefit of our children and so we want to part with a lot of love. It was just that they landed us, you know, please, you know, give us that privacy as we consciously uncouple. It sounded like they were avoiding the word separate and it just, it just, that dominated yeah. it. But I completely agree yeah. that once you dig into it, the it's philosophy behind it is exactly, it's faultless, it's what we should all aspire to. But again, maybe a little, I don't know, a little bit of a lack of sense of how something's going to be perceived if you're a lay person that and is that- not familiar with any of this. That is her issue. She mm. is completely bewildered by how she is perceived. She, she has a real, for someone who is very in touch with themselves, I genuinely think she lacks proper self-awareness. I don't think she is coming from a place of authenticity and she's being her genuine self and she's coming from integrity and she assumes that's how it's going to be perceived by every single person on the planet. And she even mm. said, yeah, now I know conscious uncoupling was a stupid, like it was a wacky term. Like I, we, at the time we really believed in it. But I genuinely think that she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't really get. <laughs> so 
they're chat, chat, chatting. Um, God, he does so many ads and everything he's selling is health related. And again, like it makes me, he makes me a bit uncomfortable. So he asked this question. What's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? So what you're going to hear is Gwyneth's answer and listen to how squeamish she does not want to say it because I think even in this moment, some self-awareness does creep in. <laughs> that pesky self-awareness comes at a tax <laughs> Yeah, have a listen. I mean, I have used ozone therapy rectally. I <laughs> do I know this that? about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Yeah. But very. it's been very helpful. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, it's... Good Friday night. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> okay, so she as you can hear, had ozone gas pumped up her anus is the only way to put it. (laughs) Ozone gas like the ozone layer. Yeah. So the ozone layer obviously protects the the world from all the things. Yeah. Lower down to earth, though, it obviously causes smog and all that crappy stuff. Lower down still on your anus. (laughs) Correct. Even lower in gas form, it is more stable and they, they, and what do I imagine in my mind (laughs) when the ozone gas is being applied to one's anus, I imagine, you know, like a very like healthy looking 60 year old woman yogi just Underneath Gwyneth's bum cheeks, bum cheeks parted, she takes some ozone gas in her mouth and then just gently dispenses the gas, like a mister, if you will. Like, an, like you know, like the aromatherapy that you get in your daily health spas where you go in and have a massage, that kind of... And there's training on how Miss Paltrow <laughs> likes the consistency of the gas to hit her anus. Oh, my God. I didn't imagine. So you're imagining an oral rectal experience. (laughs) Now, let me tell you. Here we go. In 2019, the FDA issued a warning that said, ozone is a toxic gas with no known useful medical application in specific adjunctive or preventative therapy, a.k.a. don't put it up your pooper. What is, but what's the aspiration? What are you hoping for? It fights, allegedly, and again, no medical backup of this. It allegedly fights viruses, inflammation, improves blood circulation, you know, the whole bit. It improves the toxicity in the gut, like apparently. Okay. And and ozone gas can be popped in one's, I did my research, a vagin. It can also be popped in your mouth, up your nose. Basically, any holes are goal for the ozone gas. And, Ah. yep, plenty of people are practising it. But, again, a lot of – I read so many tweets from, yeah, proctologists here, don't put ozone gas up your ass, and don't put coffee up there either. So Mm – Well, I read a few articles that suggest that people have taken the vagina steaming a bit far as well. Like a lot of women out there hopping over a boiling kettle. Yes. I shouldn't be laughing. It's not – No. It's not healthy, it's not funny, it's quite dangerous. It's extremely dangerous, but these are the things, you know, Goop explores. And I guess as someone who I observe Goop, you know, as an amused bystander, I don't, it doesn't really, 
I've ne- the pass in or out. I just read it with the knowledge of who I am and what works for me. But I guess... <laughs> Sometimes do you find yourself just itching to get out your credit card? Maybe. <laughs> but it passes. Yes. I didn't order that Jade Yoni egg even though I wanted to. No, I think... The toxic wellness culture within Goop is real. Like we had a very high up CEO of Goop quit last year and she said that, like Gwyneth's right-hand woman. And I imagine if I were allowed loose in that environment, I would become a massive hypochondriac. Can you imagine? I'd be drinking batches, I'd be rubbing shit all over me, I'd be laying in diamonds if they said I'd be shoving stuff in my fingertips, whatever. If I was told it would somehow make me feel better, I know Mm. that I should never be in that environment. And I'm thinking, you know, Gwyneth's doing all of these things, but at the end of the day, what are we going to end up as like a super fit corpse with a rectum that smells like coffee and ozone? Like what's the point if you're not enjoying anything? (laughs) That's true. I mean, I won't lie, the ozone rectal therapy didn't sound not fun, but (laughs) I know what you mean. (laughs) Surely at some point... I don't need to deeply analyse the Ferrero Rocher I'm shoving in my mouth and worrying about the free radicals it may no. be releasing. In my- At some point, don't you have to just go, bah, we're going to die somehow. Somehow. Eat, eat some additives. Somehow. You and I, we're, yeah, we've done one wellness thing. We once went and, like, did the cryotherapy together. Mm. Remember? Yeah, I We do. stood with each other. We requested they play Beyonce in the chamber and we <laughs> sat there and froze our asses off for it. a couple of minutes. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yeah. Have I gone Did back? Did it have a discernible effect? No. Uh, look, I don't want to impugn that industry. I'm going to say not that we noticed, but <laughs> fair play if you loved it. Also, we didn't come to it with a whole lot of, like, exercise that we needed to heal from or anything like that. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, I'm back in the same... Nothing has changed with my opinion of Gwyneth. I think that she has some interesting things to say. I think she has some totally bonkers things to say. I understand why this would have come across as really, you know, unhealthy diet culture and rhetoric and why it would have triggered a lot of people. But again, to anyone, you know, listening, please, please don't take your health advice from Gwyneth Paltrow. And I want everyone to now go and Google Dr Will Cole and see if you agree with my summation that he looks like Adam Levine 10 years ago. Just, you know, but as a well-meaning, like, spiritual doctor guy. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Now, before we go, there's a whole state election this weekend that has really not ignited us. We haven't discussed it at all. No, and and we really, if anyone's going to be ignited by state politics, I can't believe I'm saying it, but we have been. We have been. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. So Dom Perrichet versus Chris Minns. I like even had to Google Chris Minns' proper name. I was, I wasn't sure if that was it. This is how bad it is. I didn't, I haven't even absorbed his name. Well, this is consequential in a way because if, if Chris Minns wins, as I believe he is expected to at this point. Yeah then every state and territory with the with the exception of Tasmania will be labor and we have a labor federal government so Correct. we're getting pretty close to a clean so it's a dark time for the for the liberal coalition if if Chris Minns wins and it does feel like Chris Minns is cruising to the finish line just sort of trying to maybe just not draw much attention oh, to himself mate. not do anything just hope that totally. the toxicity of the coalition <laughs> is going to pull them down totally and that is exactly it and is that the kind of leader we want 
Is that the kind of leader New South Wales wants? This is the thing. Dominic is the preferred leader. Labor's the preferred party, right? And he is he is ahead in opinion polls in terms of who's a more decisive leader, Chris or Dom. Perrottet is. Perrottet is, yeah. Yeah, but the incumbent always tends to be ahead on that front. Like, even Albanese wasn't really getting much above ScoMo on that front, and yet he romped it in when it actually came to the election, so... Look, I have no... I'm obviously, I have no dog in this fight, but... Objectively, it seems as though Dominic Perrottet, 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 has been an effective leader. I mean, they've had four premiers in twelve years. People hate that party, but not necessarily him. I mean, he didn't oppose the assisted dying laws when they go against his religion. I mean, he wasn't for them, but he certainly didn't block them. He's he's kind of made meaningful steps into the issues that New South Wales have with pokies. You know, he's he's really well, and I think he deserves actually some. I can't. It pains me to say on many levels, but I he took a principled stand in trying to push back against the pokies. You yeah. know, forces that be, and he paid a price. They they dug up dirt on him and they put it out there, and it was a principled stand. And he's also like him and Dan Andrews have been all buddy buddy. Let's like try and get all these green policies going. I, if you told me when he came in with his 800 children and his religious <laughs> beliefs, I never would have believed yeah. that he would try and claw back ground from Labor by hewing closer to the centre. I thought he was going to go real far right. Yeah. I thought, yeah. So did I. And he hasn't. And I think and before anyone gets their nickies in a knot, we are not endorsing him. We're just pointing out without any feeling emotion or swaying notions that he has had some wins not that he had a great kind of lead in from his predecessors, but well, I mean, no, Gladys Berejiklian was <laughs> was riding incredibly high. I mean, what a fall from grace! Where wow. is she now in the corporate sector? Private sector, giving speeches. Look, it's going occasionally, to be occasionally, occasionally snapped on an iPhone in some food court somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be a labour win for sure. But I just want to let. Are you calling it now? Oh, for sure. Are they going to romp it in? We'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll get home safe, please. Uh, Put a lock on your bag. Shrink wrap your bag. Just buy a lock. I won't. Just buy a lock for your bag. Why wouldn't you? I can't touch enough wood. I cannot touch enough wood. Zeus himself could get an erection and I'd still be worried. I just... <laughs> get home safe. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. Hey, gang, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to follow us on the Emsolation Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. We make great videos each week and I'm concerned all of you don't see them. So make sure you're checking in because you get to see all the visuals and don't you want to see me reenacting parting Gwyneth Paltrow's butt cheeks and gently blowing a stream of ozone gas? Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to have the visual? That's all on our Instagram. Sign up to be a pen pal. So many great resources come to your inbox each week, courtesy of our executive producer, Ben Wosley. Have a fantastic weekend or week ahead, and we'll chat soon. Bye. M Salation with M Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M Rossiano with Michael Lucas and sometimes her eldest daughter, Marcella. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley, produced by M Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn, with videos by James Henderson, socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assistance from Jem Evans, plus cameos from M's dad. Vincy. 
Get the full Emsolation experience by following us on Instagram at Emsolation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. If you really want to help us out, you could become a patron of Emsolation. Share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app by actually hitting the follow button. As always, thanks for listening and we're excited to chat with you again soon. Soon.